Hello and welcome to another episode of Off the Press Podcast. I am Taisha Bradley, celebrity publicist, and I'm here with my co-host. Chris Johnson, a.k.a. The Greatness Coach. Uh, we have another exciting guest for you today on Off the Press Podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and do my introduction, and I can't wait to go ahead and get started because I am super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So... Never before have entrepreneurs had such close access to the gatekeepers of the news. And here, they will give you jewels and help you put your own name in the headlines by learning the secrets to sending perfect pitches, turning news into story ideas for the media, and becoming a true asset and resource to the media and or industry. Join us as we talk to influential and insightful journalists and media professionals and get insider advice and tips to help you land your next or first media feature on national TV or even the front page of your hometown newspaper. Today's guest is a veteran in the entertainment industry. Big said needs no introduction. Growing up in the Southeast Bronx and going to music and arts high school, his roots are deep, having grown up with the likes of Dana Dane, Slick Rick, MC Search, African Bambada, and more. He was there at the beginning of hip hop, so it'll forever be ingrained in his DNA. After years of writing and developing long lasting relationships, he studied, he started the industry cosign in 2004, making it a place for a real behind the scenes look at the entertainment industry as a whole with all facts, no fluff. As a contributing writer to Black Enterprise, he does the same, providing impactful and introspective content while staying true to who he is. Tune everyone, tune in everyone. This is someone you should all know without further ado. Big said, thank you for being our guest on Off the Press Podcast. That was a nice intro. Thank you. (laughs) Was she talking about you? (laughs) It sounds like it, so, you know, it's possible. (laughs) Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, so listen, let's get into it, man. Hip hop seems to be kind of like your start. Will you give us a background of kind of like you, how you got into hip hop and how, um, your career, um, is around in that area? Hip hop got into me. Um, I grew up, as I stated, I, I grew up in the, in the confines of where hip hop actually started from the perspective of hip hop, uh, in the Bronx, like you said, the Southeast Bronx. I literally lived like across, like where I live in the Bronx, I live right in the Soundview area. And Bronx River was a, maybe two stones throw away from me. And when, like, coming up, we used to hear about, like, the whole mixtape. It wasn't even mixtapes back then. It was just a matter of the whole hip-hop in a park type thing. And Africa Bambada, like, um, he had Zulu Nation. I was, of course, a little kid growing up and hearing about these things. And the, the older kids around my area, they were involved in that aspect of it. So I got involved before it was commercialized. And just hearing, you know, tapes and the cassette tapes and things of that nature, even before it got popularized in um, radio, I, I was in the midst of it. Like, you know, however I could be in the midst of it, of course, being like six, seven years old, like just knowing that, you know, this music, you know, this way of life was burgeoning. And, of course, coming up with soul records and disco and R&B, but hip-hop was just, you know, emerging and just being around that neighborhood. I, that's that's where I got my start. So 
Um, just growing up in that same area and seeing my friends being involved, breakdancing, graffiti, and things of that nature, I definitely took an interest. But, you know, I had the type of parents where we had to be upstairs before, you know, the sun went down. But, you know, coming, you know, listening and hearing things the next day, you know, I felt involved. And then, like, you know, going, you know, getting, growing up in that area and then coincidentally, when I got to high school, junior high school, and just meeting different people that became involved in hip hop, like I didn't know it at the time, but um, like I was birthed in hip hop, and and I'm still ingrained in hip hop. Not the hip hop we hear today, but just the hip hop uh, culture in general. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. What do you, what do you think about hip hop today? Well, hip hop in general is so vast that um, I think when people ask about hip hop, we have to be we have to be specific because there's hip hop music, there's the hip hop culture, there's art. There's so many things in, in, ingrained within the hip hop where hip hop is everything now. Um, hip hop, I've always stated, is the only music genre that anything you mix it with, it becomes hip hop. Whether it's classical, whether it's R&B, whether it's reggae, at the end of the day, it's going to be hip hop. When you mix other genres, you have to either think of something or you have to be specific. But let's be real. Once you can buy hip hop with anything, it's hip hop, regardless. Hip hop, like I said, the opera. You know, if you take country and and classical, you've got to create something. But if you take hip hop and classical, or if you take hip hop and and gothic or anything, it's still at the end of the day, it's hip hop. It's just a different um, area of hip hop. So um, my thoughts is that being that hip hop is still the the biggest genre of music ever if you go to the billboard char- billboard charts it says if even i'll even use um Lil Nas x as an example when it came to him doing old time road like it was he labeled it a country song but the country has like that's not country you know but at the same time you know it was always hip-hop and it's always been hip-hop because once i guess you and i, I think that people get confused sometimes if you if you're rapping in a song it's automatically hip-hop but that's not necessarily the case. But everything has has interacted and interchanged and mixed so much that hip hop is everywhere. Like you know, you go to the movies, you see hip hop. You look at commercials, hip hop. Like you can't go anywhere without hip hop being ingrained within whatever it is. Even the racists are using hip hop to their advantage these days. It was like you know, hip hop is everything. So like I said, I know some racist guys that listen to hip hop, and it's like crazy. Like. You hate niggers, but yet you're listening to the nigger music. Well, excuse me for saying it in that way, but I just want to emphasize that's why I said it the way that's it. So, yeah. And this whole idea of storytelling and expression is that yeah. is that something that's a part of your life as well? Like, do you find yourself getting engulfed in storytelling and expression through in, in hip hop through music? Definitely. I mean, I went to school with one of the, excuse me, he went to school with me, one of the greatest storytellers in Slick Rick, Dana Dane. So yeah. if you listen and if you think about some of the people that have um, started in hip hop and expanded, you have um, like, you have, oh, actually, when Powell was on, Carlito, who used to write for The Source, like you have so many people that started within hip hop that have expanded so much where it's all based in storytelling, everything. Even when I write, um, even for Black Enterprise, when I'm writing, it, it's a story that I'm telling based on a person that I'm covering or I'm interviewing. So everything is based on storytelling when it comes to that. 
art is coming from the culture of hip hop. So, yeah, everything is storytelling. Wow. What do you that art fiction? Fact or fiction, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think um, are the elements of a great story? So everybody talks about storytelling, especially in like business and branding. Um, most of the people watching this podcast will be entrepreneurs. And, you know, we talk about storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. A lot of people, they know what happened, but they don't know how to tell the story or they don't know how to tell it in a, story, a way. Or also, I find that they don't know what parts of their story to share and what parts like may not make it to the final cut. So what, what are the elements of like a good story? I mean, that's so subjective because um, I think whenever okay, I, I'll use music as an example like just music in general, whereas we as listeners, we hear different things. I listen to a song. I may listen. I may hear the lyrics. You may hear the melody. Um, Chris might hear the hook. So yeah. I think when, when, when we talk about storytelling, we even when we have particular things that we want to tell, people pick up on different things. And I think that that's what makes a great story that not the story you're actually telling, but what people pick up. Because like I said, I'm going to pick up something different than what you pick up. But as long as the story is told, I've heard many artists, producers, even directors say that they were going to this. But when the, when the, when the story's out, people are picking up on this. I think wow. the important thing is what's going to be picked up from the story. And as long as you have, I think, different elements that people can pick up on. Because like I said, I might be trying to tell you the story of... um my life when it comes to music, but you might pick up my life as it comes to my development in the music and not the music itself. So I think it's just a matter of how people pick up on it. But the important thing, and I think um, hip hop is perfect in this because even though every music genre has, you know, has tried to tell whatever story they're trying to tell, hip hop has made it so visual that it could be visually... Um, visually, you can capture the vision from sometimes just the beat, sometimes, like I said, the lyric, or a combination of either one, or the way it flows. I'll, I'll use like I'll use Method Man as a perfect example because I think he's one of the best people when it comes to writing lyrics on a song. Agree. He can say the same thing that um, Lil Nas X can say, but the way he says it and the way he rides the music, you're gonna pick it up differently. So I think it's a matter of what we want to pick up because regardless of what people are directing us to, we're going to pick up what we want to pick up, even though subconsciously we don't think that. Because like I said, I can tell you, I can tell you a certain story, but you might pick up something that I wasn't even trying to say, but you picked Mm -hmm. up on something and it's like, wow. And and, and I think the, 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 the best artists are the ones that may go in one direction, but end up spreading it all out. So it's like, and that's what made like, I think, Somebody like a Michael Jackson, so inspiration is so great because, you know, it could have been the dancing, it could be the actual lyrics, it could be the vocals, it could be the way he went from verse one to two to the hook. But wow. the important thing is how we receive it. And and I, I had to learn that later in life that sometimes it's not like I said, I can write words and anything that I write, I I'm trying to come across this way, but I'll speak to friends and be like, Oh, I like the way you did this that and I'm like that's not what I was going for. But if you accepted that and that's what you liked about it, I can't complain. And that's what makes me. And the thing is, what people don't realize is that 
we are all artists in different ways when we in the creative field, I should say, because me writing, I'm still an artist. I may not be an artist vocally. I may not be an artist musically, but whatever, whatever is in my brain that I'm putting on paper or on computer, whatever, if it comes across a certain way, that's still an art form. And I think that um, when it comes to hip hop, the art form is always expressed regardless of how it's being expressed or who's saying it. But as long as it's being expressed in some way where it's received, I think the important thing is the receiving of it as opposed to the telling of it. Because I guess I can tell you everything in the world, you might not catch it. Right. And I think that's, and I think it transcends even when it comes to politics, because if you see, I'll use Donald Trump as a great example. He is a horrible politician, but he was great at getting across to the people that he needed to get across to where they received that message where when he first when he first ran for office, and I don't care what anyone says, I don't think he was running for office. I think he was running for the publicity surrounding him running, and that he can utilize that for whatever purposes he got. But then when he started resonating with people, I think he was like, oh, shit, this is really working. And next thing you know, he's a politician. And, and, and I think people don't understand. Like, that's, that's the reason why the smartest person isn't the richest. Let me tell you, I said that same thing. People are so sick with me. I said he was the proxy one too. (laughs) Yeah, he was definitely surprised. And just like, and just like even at the end of it, I think the reason why he was so surprised that he lost was because he didn't think he could lose because he knew he, um, he generated an audience that felt like they weren't being heard. What he also didn't realize is that he rejuvenated other audiences. I was like, oh no, we can't keep this going on. So it's like, and then like, and he's proved it once. And, and the, the reason why I'm using Donald Trump as an example, because he's been out of office, what, three years now, and yet he's still part of the election. You know, and he said, okay, you know what? I'm going to give this false narrative of election fraud. No, no proof. Just put it out there. And it's story still going. going today. People story going. Today I agree. About. I agree. The biggest fight of all time. Trump <laughs> yeah. down every challenge they presented. But yet and still, you have politicians um that are winning elections based on the narrative that he started. Not based on facts, not not based on anything that can be proven, but based on theory. So wow. that proves that. It's not a matter of, like I said, he, he's probably the best storyteller of all time because he still has his narrative and everything. And anytime somebody calls against him, even his own daughter, he's like, nah, that's not what it is. <laughs> his brothers are like, you know what? He's right. You know, he's right. So it's like Donald Trump is probably the perfect hip hop artist when you think about it. He has a lot of hip hop artist friends, does he not? Well, not friends, but people who just wanted to rob him. He he aligns. He aligns. So there's got to be some commonality. So listen, you said one of our key words, what I call, what I'm calling our vocabulary words here on Off the Press Podcast, audience. You talked about audience. And I like when you talked about with Nas X doing a song and then Method Man doing a song, right? Knowing your audience. I know good and well who Nas X is, what he's about and everything. I know a couple of like the the songs, you know, that everyone else knows, but Method Man, listen, I can give you whole discography. 
I can do the lyrics, everything. I know all of that, right? So I'm going to listen to his version because I'm a part of his audience. So let's talk about audience and like knowing your audience. And then you as a journalist for like Black Enterprise, like who is your audience based on like the things that you write about? I like to think my world is an audience mm. because um, when I write, I'm not writing for anyone or anything in particular. I think when I first started the industry cosign, that was my goal. But then when I realized, like I said, when different types of people were receiving what I was writing, um, I decided that I wanted to have it widened. But at the same time, I know what I want my audience to receive. So if I'm writing in a particular way where um, I want to try to uplift my people, or I'm trying to get to the hip-hop aspect of the audience, even if I write towards them and others pick up on it, like I said, I can't control it. But I, I like that's why I say I like to feel, feel that um, if like I don't target and I work for Black Enterprise. So it's like Black Enterprise is for Black entrepreneurs. People want to get into business. So, but the thing is, um, even if I'm catering to that audience, there's a lot of people that are reading my articles that really don't care about Black entrepreneurship. They really don't care about uh, starting their own business. But if they are, are gravitating to my particular articles because of what I write or how I write it, I can't like say, no, you can't read it. I'd be a fool to say that because the people that I am targeting probably, and, and this is the funny thing, I've, I I don't even engage in gossip or rumors, things of that nature. But if that audience wants to read what I'm writing based on how it's written, I'm not going to tell them, no, 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 this is a shade room, so I don't want you reading what I write. No, I have to accept it because you know what? That means I have a an audience that I didn't know I had. Now, now the thing is, I can virtually guarantee that anybody that has a big audience, most of, most people that have a big audience would not admit that they didn't anticipate. Now, they may anticipate getting a big audience, but it may come from a different aspect they wasn't anticipating. And I think that even with Black Enterprise, because I, I grew up on Black Enterprise, um, out of all the properties I've, I've written for, I'm most proud of Black Enterprise because of what they stood for. But the thing is, Black Enterprise itself, the audience and the content has changed over the years because guess what? The audience and content has changed over the years. So we can't continue to try to... And and, and, and that's like with any artist. Like, people get mad when artists deviate from what you're used to them doing. Okay, perfect example. The last Drake um, project. Now, people are like, that's not Drake or Drake never done that. We grow as people, so why can't artists grow as people? Why can't publications grow as publications? And I think it's unfair that we give ourselves latitude to change and want to change, but when someone else changes that you're used to getting something different, then it's kind of, you know, you kind of shit on them. It's like, I remember when Heavy D, when he went thuggish for a second, that doesn't mean he was being a thug. He was trying something different because he wanted to do it. But then he got chastised for it. Same thing with MC Hammer. Same thing with Big Daddy Kane. So it's like, why can't we allow people to grow when... Yeah. yeah. 10 years ago, if I'm robbing somebody, but now I'm in the church, you allowed me to do that. But yeah. as an artist, I can't do that. And yeah. I think it's unfair when when we as an audience, um, we, 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 we complain about people doing the same thing when they try something different. We complain about them doing something different. Right. Right. So what I... 
Yes. No, I was I was saying what I'm what I'm hearing is it's more important to be authentically as a storyteller to be authentically yourself because audiences change, times change. But if I'm, if I'm just going to just be me and then not chase the audience, but let the audience chase me in my different seasons of growth, is is that what an entrepreneur should be thinking about? Yes and no. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes you're chasing an audience that might not be there. That doesn't mean that you should stop. Or like I said, if you if your audience expects this uh, this type of content from you and you're not giving it to them, they may gravitate away from you, but then you have a bigger audience saying, hey, we like that. So I think that a lot of people, myself included, actually specifically me, where I think people are scared to, people want to conquer bigger, more land or bigger landscape, but they're really scared to actually conquer it. I'm guilty of that. I've been doing that my whole life, but no, honestly, as successful as I might be in what I've done or what I'm doing, what people don't realize is that even if I want to do more, I haven't taken the steps to do more because of the fear of one losing the little audience that I do have. And when I say little, I'm not saying little. I'm just saying the world is so much bigger that my audience is little in comparison. Now, I know a lot of people who are content creators. And the one thing that I hate about the term content creators, because people figure if you do something, you're creating content. Sometimes it's not really that simple, but sometimes it's not really that um, as great as people think it is. But I think, and myself included, like people have said to me that I should be bigger than I am in whatever aspect that they mean. But the thing is, when, you, when, when you're not ready, it doesn't matter because if I'm scared to, to take that step in this direction and I take a step in that direction and I fall and stumble, I might be I might be scared to get up. I might be scared to say, okay, you know what? That was the wrong step. We all do it. Some of us might not admit it. I, I do it so damn often that I trip on myself all the time and be like, oh, shit, I tripped and didn't even realize that. But the, I think what the thing is, is sometimes we have to realize what direction we want to go in and what direction we will be accepted in. Because if I go all the way to the left and start doing something completely different, People who have been following me might be like, hey, I'm not nah, I'm not trying to go down that same road with them. But does that mean that I can't make it because my audience is coming with me? No, it just means that I have to either try harder or get the right people because it's, it starts with one. I come from a time where when when I, when I started on the internet, the industry co-sign is 18 years old. So I started the industry co-sign when people weren't even on the internet. People didn't even have computers yet. And my magazine friends were looking at me like, yeah, good luck with that. But yet, even five years after that, all of a sudden, the same magazines have websites. All of a sudden, everybody's... You can't do anything without being online nowadays. And the, the, the and that's good and bad because now everyone thinks that they can be a journalist because they can get a free WordPress site, get content from elsewhere, and now I'm a journalist. I remember having a conversation with somebody about six, seven years ago where they wasn't getting invited to parties and they wanted to, well, how come I can't get invited to parties? And I got a blog. I said, because you have a blog. You're not a journalist. The difference <laughs> being is that can you get certain people on the phone or can you get news that fits where, you know, what other people are trying to get? No. If you get your content from others, and there's nothing wrong with that because I get my content from other sites. But the thing is, I can, I can call up. If I need something from Buster, 
I know Buster. So I may not can't be able to contact them directly, but I can get to Buster. I can get to, and I don't care what anyone says, and I, I've been saying this for years. If I want to get to Drake, I can get to Drake. Now, it may take different layers to get to him, but I know those layers because it gets me to him. Now, those layers of publicists. Yeah. If I, if I, if I have a blog and I'm getting calls from elsewhere, can you get to that? Can you get, you can get to the person that 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 can get to Drake. Right. In theory, and the thing is, I know I've been told this over the years because people that know me or they know my, they know my network or my circle. I don't try to do the things that people say I should. I say to people, yes, I'm getting older. Yes, I may not have much time left, but if I'm not comfortable. Please be quiet. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. But if I'm not comfortable doing something and I get it, that's another reason why you have artists like D'Angelo or even Lauren Hill that people are like, oh, but this, this, and the other. No one ever doubted their talent. It's their drive to do more than what people may want them to do. It's kind of unfair for us saying, D'Angelo, you had those great albums. We want those albums on a more consistent basis. And D'Angelo is like, yeah, but I can only give you one every five, six years and give the same quality, but then I'm going to turn my back on him because I'm not giving him that time. How is that being fair to him? And he's he's, a, he's probably a better artist than any artist selling millions of records. You know, so it's like, and sometimes people have to go at their own pace. And if people aren't at that pace or aren't giving you what they want, like, you you know, you, you're quick to jump on the bandwagon of somebody who may have sold t- Vanilla Ice sold. He was he the he the platinum um rapper. Was he a good rapper? No. Was he was he having the platinum rapper? No. But he sold more records than a Jadakiss, than a Method Man, and I mean singular project. So it's like you can't base that, and, and that's what's wrong with society in general. They base it. It's just like with gossip sites. Nothing against gossip sites. People go to them for a particular reason. The gossip aspect. They're going to get those numbers because even if, if even if people are lying or people are putting up false narratives, people don't care. They just want to hear it. I'd rather work with a site or do my own site where I'm getting true. I'm getting, that's just who I am. Yes, I could do gossip. Yes, I've been given things that I can go. I don't want to do that. You know, even, even work with Black Enterprise where even if it's thrown in my direction, I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do. And if, and if, and if Black Enterprise feels that I'm not doing what they want me to do. As quickly as I walk to them, I can walk away. That's just my mindset. And I tell people that, you know, sometimes it's not always good to run again. I mean, to run with the crowd, because then when, when, when the crowd gets rained on or people throw stones and stuff and you're over here by yourself, guess what? You're going to last longer than the people that's running to the, towards there. I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but you know, I, I you know, I just have yeah. heart on your heart. <laughs> no, but, but, no, but right. I, I just think that a lot of people get caught up into doing what everyone wants them to do as opposed yeah. to what they truly want to do. Or yeah. And like I said, I, I fall into that category because so many people so, see so much from me. And that's not to say that I can't, but if I don't do it because I want to do it, it's not going to be genuine. And I base everything I've done on being genuine. Perfect. Understand. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So let's ask some questions about like going into pitching and a little bit about that and give us your insight on that. Um, so are you, how do you consider yourself, um, like your title? Are you like a freelance writer? Are you a contributor? Uh, how do you, I'm a freelance contributor. For Black Enterprise specifically, I'm a freelance contributor. They don't want to hire me as that. But, um, <laughs> um, but every, every place that I've worked at over the years, whether it was by the source or wherever I worked, I've always had a network, and I think that's one of the reasons why, not think, that's one of the reasons why people always want me to work with them or hide me because I know people, I do things, and I'd like to think that I'm a good writer because I get numbers. So um, I, I think that I always have the mindset, even if I'm working with somebody, I still have the mindset of being freelance because at any given point in time, so they can get rid of you. Black Enterprise can hit me right now and be like, you know what, thanks We've we've gotten enough from you. And what can I do? I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to scream. I'm just going to have to pick up my bags and continue walking. So I have to have the mindset. Yeah, right. That's typical in media. Like people like, oh, I'm like people move so much. (laughs) But the the problem with a lot of people is, um, unless like you've been there for years or you have whatever, people get too comfortable. And I think that that's probably a problem with me because I I I don't want to get comfortable because. Every time I've gotten comfortable in the past, something has always happened. And I'm, I, I, I'm the type that um, I've always had a strong personality. And whoever hires me, they hire me for a reason. And then when I come and do exactly what they hire me for, they feel threatened. Hmm. And I've gotten so used to that where I, I, can't be, I can't be as forceful with my talent as I want to because then people get threatened. And you have I don't violence, you know. Or life. Either you want to smoke or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's all <or> nothing. <laughs> and, and the funny I, thing, and the funny thing is that I think, yeah. But the funny thing is that I know for a fact, I, like anybody I work with right now can see this and see what I'm saying. But it's not something I wouldn't say to them. It's not something that I would hide because I've been this way since I started the industry cosign. The reason why I've been hired was because of my work on the industry cosign. I wouldn't have worked at the source or any other places if I didn't do my own site. So, like I said, once I got to a level where I'm bringing exactly what they want, they start getting threatened. And all of a sudden, like, like if, if, if I, okay, perfect example. When I worked at Interactive One at Black, at Black Planet, um, at the time, nobody was messing with Black Planet because Black Planet is like 90 years old. I started at Black Planet. So, but because of my relationships with people, I started bringing celebrities over that wasn't messing with Black Planet. And all of a sudden, I didn't know at the time, but I found out after the fact, because of the celebrities that I was friends with, that I knew the context I have, because I'm bringing these people to Black Planet, the person who hired me all of a sudden was getting mad, and I didn't know why, but then I found out that he was getting mad because all the people that I was bringing to Black Planet he told his bosses they didn't want to deal. They would. They didn't want to mess with Black Planet. All of a sudden, I come out of nowhere, and these same people you said doesn't want to. So it, I guess in his eyes, it made him look inadequate. It made him look like he didn't know what he was doing or whatever. I understand that from that standpoint. I wish he would have told me so that way I would have done it in a different way so he wouldn't look bad. So I think he felt that he was looking bad because he's telling his bosses that 
what's the rhymes or this person, these people don't want to deal with Black Planet. I come in and I have them within a month. So of course he's going to look and feel the ways because he didn't tell me that. He brought me in because he knew I could bring people in. But like, I didn't notice. And then it seems as if everywhere I've worked, there's always one person there that had that same mindset. And I'm like, listen, you hired me for this reason. Let me, let me be great. The greatest quotes. Let yeah. me be great. <laughs> if I'm great, you're great because you brought me in. But so, yeah. so many people are so, so insecure or like, I guess they feel that they're exposed. No, I don't want your position. I don't, I don't want to move like that. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do these things. Actually, I, 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 I'll say it. The, if the same way Black Enterprise. I want to do more. I, I want to do more, but it's like, do you really want me to do more? Because if you want me to do more, you'll let me do more, but you're not letting me do more. You, you want to contain me because, um, like, structure-wise, I'm below you. It shouldn't work that way. If I have somebody like me to work under me or with me, I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm not going to try to stifle it. And every place I go, I feel like I'm stifled. And like I said, and, and I say that in a way because I've been stifled in the past. I'm being stifled now. I'm being in the right place because we're with the greatness coach. And again, on Off the Press podcast, most of our our listeners are entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been in and out of corporate like 100 years. And I can totally remember I'm smiling so hard because I'm like, listen, spirit animal. It's not just me. And it's, it's a lot of things that even like being African-American and in corporate places like that, it's just, it's an extra layer of that. So for people, I would say, um, Chris, who are feeling great and want to be the greatest, but that shine, like, you know, kind of, it's too yeah. bright for some people. Um, that can be great. Find is very important for things like media and publicity and being those careers. How do you, how would you tell us to manage something like that? I'm glad we went there. I'm glad you shared that. Well, and it goes back, it goes back to some of the stuff he said earlier. And I'm curious to know too, from him, like with your big personality and the things that you're doing for black enterprise, I'm, I'm curious to know what is it that you want to do versus what you're already doing, you know, to, to manage some of those things because I think sometimes we feel like we have to hold back. Um, and that most of the people that I work with, we hold back in expense of other people's feelings, emotions, etc. So, so my my thoughts are, what? How big is the gap between what you're doing and what you want to do? It's not that big, and the only reason why I, when when people ask me that question because I get to ask that question all the time. <laughs> the, the the way I progressed in this industry have always been doing things that I just did. I had a feeling one night, hey, I want to do this bang, and I'm doing it. And next you know, I'm, oh, why? This is working. The only problem is, and the thing is, I'm going to take responsibility for not being as great as I should be, only because of whatever reasons, but I'm going to take full responsibility for that. But I can also say that whenever I have worked with a company exclusively, whenever I have an idea or something that I feel would make it greater, I get pushback. And the reason why I get pushback is because if they didn't think of it, it's not going to happen. That's the way they see it. And, I, and you know what? And like I said, I am transparent all the way. I had a recent interview with a celebrity. Somebody said to me, instead of like congratulating or saying whatever, the first thing they said to me was like, why didn't you go to me? How come you didn't tell me? And I'm like, 
wait a minute. First of all, I got an interview with a celebrity that people are getting at. They, they, they approached me. They came to me. This has been in the works. Instead of asking how we can make this happen, your first question is, how come you didn't tell me and why? I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and, and, and it threw me off because that's happened in the past. But I was anticipating it. It threw me off so much that I didn't want to do anything after that because I'm like, wait a minute. Your first question isn't what's going to happen or how can I do, what can I do to make this happen or how we can make this greater. The first question was like, how did you get this and why didn't you tell me? Like, wow. more like an attitude towards me. And I'm like, wow, that's not the way you do that. That's not the way I can achieve greatness for you. Like, yeah. like you're going to be involved in this because one, it's got to, it, it doesn't have to go through this person, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's down the same line. Yeah. The people on top don't care how it's gotten. They just care that it's gotten. So I took a step back and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I can't do this. I can't. And the thing is, my pedigree, my background. And the thing is, if this person knew what I've done in the past, even in the past two years, not, not even five years ago, in the past two years, you wouldn't question me. So it's like, and like I said, she, I, I don't care if this person is watching this now. I'm just being honest. I'm not, you know, this is not anything, you know, if, if you're watching this, we had this conversation. So, but yeah. it, what it does is, it it doesn't it, it doesn't inspire me to do more. It mm. discourages me to do less. And I had to wow. catch myself literally two weeks ago. I'm like, you know what? I can't be great if I'm not allowing this person to not allow me to be great. So if I gotta be great outside of this circle, I'm gonna be great. So I had to retool my thoughts and I'm like, you know what? Let me do what Big Said can do instead of like being held back because somebody can't take credit for something that I've done. And, wow. and it 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 it, it kind of like like I said, it's happened at every place I've worked. I've worked so, at Black Enterprise three different times. It's happened three different times at Black Enterprise. It's happened at the source. It's happened at Vibe. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. Well, you know, so so I'm thinking I'm hearing you say that and I'm thinking about like from your pedigree you mentioned, your your story, your big personality, like I can tell you're so passionate about what you do. I'm curious to know what kind of story, uh, what kind of things do you write about that makes you come alive to say, yeah, I'm going to cover that. Like I choose this story. More recently, like I, I'm, I'm sick of celebrities. I've been dealing with celebrities. Literally, literally I went to school with Slick Rick, Dana Dane, um, Bokeem Woodbine, um, Marlon Wayans. I'm sick of celebrities. Now, when I say that, I mean as far as the focal point. Mm. Getting getting celebrity interviews is as easy as some people going out the door. I could get celebrities interviews. That doesn't impress me. Now, what it, what what I want to focus, what I'm focusing more so now is executives, people behind the scenes, celebrities mm. who are executives. You know, that's more of a passion for me. Like, I just interviewed Bobby Brown. Yes, is Bobby Brown great? blah, 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 you know, King of Stage. I'm more interested in his company, what he's doing behind the scenes, you know, things of that nature. So that's where my greatness lies, where I want people to see that there's more to the artist than there is. Like, people know about Bobby Brown. People know about No Edition. People know about those. But do they know that Bobby Brown has, you know, his own spice company? Do people know that he has, you know, 
a wellness company? Do people know that, you know, he executive produced his series and that he has other things coming down the pipeline? Like people don't know these things. And what he does and what he does interviews with other outlets, they want to know about Whitney, Christina. They want to know about the beef between him and New Edition. I don't care about any of that. And and if you if you watch the interview, like I didn't even touch any of that. It's like a matter of what are you doing as a businessman? And and I'm not gonna lie, even when I interviewed him, I kind of felt uncomfortable, not because I was interviewing him. I felt uncomfortable because are the people at Black Enterprise going to appreciate what I'm doing? Yeah. Well, and this holds me back. And it's like um, having conversations that goes nowhere doesn't doesn't do anything. So for me, an ideal situation would be for me would be to be able to tell the stories of people like the two of you, people like, and and I do do that at Black Enterprise. Don't, don't get me wrong, I I do do that. Um, I want to do more of it. I want to, you know, I I, I want to be like the person that's able to get the stories out of people that no one's able to get out of. And I can do that. I have done that. I've done interviews with people where um, people find out things about them based on their conversations with me. Wow. I know I'm great at doing that. But when I'm dealing with people that's giving me pushback, that wants me to do things based on what they see, okay, good, I, I understand, yeah, but let me be great. Meet me halfway. Give me some of what I want, and I'll give you more of what you want because then we'll both be great. But that's never the issue. The issue is I want to be greater than said, so I got to do what I can so I can take away the, the the little spotlight said has because I need that spotlight to be put on me. I don't want a spotlight. I just want to be me. But I also realize that I have to do that on my own because one, the reason why I'm in the position I'm in now is because I started the industry co-side on my own. I wouldn't have been able to work at any of the media properties I've worked at if it wasn't for the industry co-side. Because when I did the industry co-sign, I did everything I wanted to do. People noticed, hey, we want you to do that over here. You know, and, and I'm I'm regaining that passion, and I want to do it in a way where it's more natural than it's more vengeful. Because if I do it for vengeful reasons, it defeats the purpose of what I'm doing. So I'm I'm changing my mindset to be like, you know what? I don't want to be like, this is what you're missing. No, I want to be like, you know, this is what I'm doing, and I want to be happy doing it. And I want to, I, I want it to be at a point where it's like, I don't have to do anything because I'm doing exactly what I want. That's the purpose of life. I feel. I love it. Coming up with you for the industry co-sign, I could tell you're super passionate about it. Like, do tell us more about the industry co-sign and how people can um, be published. Do you look for stories? How can people get involved and get their stories told in their messages, like through you and industry co-sign? That's easy. The funny thing is about um, the industry co-sign I actually created was for other people. Because um, I knew people were in a situation where they 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 were they couldn't do what they wanted to do, and there's a lot of there's a there's a couple of writers out there that I won't name that are at bigger companies now that actually started at the industry co sign, and um, that's what I've always wanted. I wanted to I wanted people to have the freedom that I had with my own site, and I wanted people to to, to if they're going to submit articles, I wanted to be because that they want to do it, not to help me because people are like what can I do to help you? No, I want you to help. I, I want to help you. I'd rather you do things on my site because this is what you want to do. This is your passion. And if I could do this type of, and, and that's why I said I have to refocus and 
refocus back on the industry cosign and do the thing. The interviews that I could be doing for Black Enterprise, I have to do for the industry cosign because I can do it. I want to do it. So I'm going to do it. And like I said, my thing was making sure that I, I, I got whatever um, Black Enterprise wanted out of me. But then I started to realize that, you know what, at the end of the day, Black Enterprise is going to be Black Enterprise. Black Enterprise has been great for me, and I'm and they can say I've been great for them. And I enjoy if I didn't enjoy working at Black Enterprise, I wouldn't be working there. That that's the beauty of it. But I've got like the industry co-sign is my Black Enterprise, so I've got to make sure that um, it gets to where I want to get it to. And anybody that wants to be involved, I want them to feel like this is their site as well, because that's how I got to where I am now. And I'm going to continue to. And I got people that yell at me, t- telling me that. I need to refocus back on this cosign. And I, like I said, I've, I've had recent conversations with myself. I'm like, you know what? That's true because at the end of the day, if I'm not enjoying it, does it matter? Mm. That's right. good. Especially if I'm not getting paid what I deserve. Not what I want, but what I deserve at the very least. Because I'm never going to get paid what I want. That's factual. But at least pay me what I deserve. And if you pay me what I deserve, then I could take my attention off of that because at least there's a reason. But if I'm going to be frustrated working with people that don't want me to be great, then I might as well be great with my own thing. And like I said, every job I've gotten was because of the industry cosign. So now I got to wow. an industry cosign. So how can you help our listeners be great and get their stories out there? Like, what do you suggest? Do you suggest like if someone wants to like be um, in any kind of publication, right? And they want to send an email. Um, do you think that they should uh, pitch like just say, hey, you know, this is who I am or this is what I'm talking about. If you're interested, let me know. Or do you like for someone to like, do you think people should like kind of write out a whole story or just pitch an idea? What do you, what do you think? The only bad thing about um, the, the, the atmosphere nowadays is that everybody like 15, 20, 30 years ago, there was only one path, maybe a, another one. Nowadays, there's so many different paths where um, there are successful people who never went to college that if they'd never went to college 30 years ago, they wouldn't be successful. Um, what I would advise is for people to be passionate about what they do and whatever approach you try, if it's not working, then try a different approach. And the reason why I'm not more specific is because tomorrow it'll be different. That's <laughs> the world we live in. And I see so many people that are doing different things that I'm like, yo, this person, if this person had started 10 years ago, they'd be this, this, that, and the other. The advice I give might work or may have worked three years ago. It might not work today. So I think what people have to do is um, concentrate on what they're trying to get into to try to find a way in. Because nowadays, there's unless it's technical, if it's technical, if it's filmmaking and you have to know certain things or certain angles, well, even actually, no, even with filmmaking, you don't even have to go to school now. It's just a matter of having that talent. Oh, okay. I think it, when, when it comes to talent, when it comes to anything within the creative field, I think it's just a matter of the internet is so powerful where you can do your research and, and try to get an edge because there are some people who are not talented at all, but they're making a lot of money because they fulfilled a need that wasn't being met. So uh, I think the best advice I can give is, you know, whatever you're passionate about, try to find the best way for you. Because the best way that worked for somebody that does the same thing I'm doing, like they're not, they're no longer writing. 
and they did did I've never taken a journalism class. There are people who took it in high school, took it in college, got a degree, still spending, um, still paying back their student loan, and 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 they're working someplace else doing something else. Right. I picked up a pen just because somebody said, "Hey, I think you should do this." And I'm like, you know what? I think you're right. So, <laughs> um, that's the way it's always worked with me. When I did what? parties, celebrity basketball, anything I've done was something somebody said, hey, you know what? I think you should. I don't know if y'all know who, who Karu Daniels is. Karu Daniels, I think he writes for AOL now. He, he used to write it as well. Um, when he first met me, he said, I think you should write. He introduced me to an editor at a magazine. My very first interview was the, the Notorious B.I.G. Wow. Never wrote a thing, never did an interview, never. The only thing I did was like, uh, okay, I did it. The very first interview I did was Notorious B.I. Okay. All right. That. Well, so I was like, wait, how can we mute it? So, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, so, so that was my very. My, and I know that, and we're about to talk about that. So I'm glad that you brought it up. So let me tell you how serious this conversation is about to be. Because I can't dress. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. That's my crow. This interview, you as Biggie, where did he see himself in 10 years? And he said, dead. Wow. We talked about that for a moment because the level of goosebumps. Yeah, it, 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 it was a great storyteller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I said, uh, you know, we did we did a phone interview. I'm asking these questions and I said, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And he's like, dead. And I'm like, huh? He said, you know, none of my niggas lived past like 25, this, this, that, and the other. So I didn't think too much about it because, you know, people say things. And I used to also produce music. So I actually, um, Tracy Lee, he had, you know, Tracy Lee actually did the song with Notorious B.I.G. Tracy Lee's album was coming up. Now, Mark Pitts, me and Mark Pitts, we went to high school together. I submitted songs to Mark Pitts. The very first demo I gave him, very first song was a song that he picked for Tracy Lee for his title track for his album. So we're going over like the, 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 the particulars, contracts and stuff like that. At the time, I was the only producer that didn't sign, you know, didn't sign whatever I needed to sign. So the album was like, it was close to deadline. Mark Pitts, we literally finally decided whatever points, whatever, we got it made. He got on the plane to go to the Soul Trainer Awards for that weekend. I remember it vividly. The two days later, I think this was a Thursday, two days later, I think Biggie had died on a Saturday morning, if I'm correct. Got the phone call. No, my mother, she had called. She's like, a Biggie Smalls is dead? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I woke up real quick. I'm like, wait, what? Ran to, well, I went to the radio, listened to Hot 97. You know, that type of news. They're going to continue saying that over 10 minutes, every 10 minutes. And it's like, you know, he died. And I was going to call Mark, but I'm like, no, because one, everybody's calling Mark. Mark's out there. This is that and the other. And the first thing that came to mind right after, no, the second thing that came to mind was, Wait a minute. That was like nine years. Wait a minute. So I ran to look at the article. And I looked at the article. I was like, yo, he predicted this. And it's like, yo, he really said that he didn't see him. He saw himself dead in 10 years. And that was nine years ago. Wow. And that was one of the first things that I tried to know. Yeah. I heard. And I boogle cried. You would have thought somebody if my family. That, yeah, that was, um, and it's so funny because. I, I always say to people, it's like, you know, you, you have to watch what you say. And, and people have to remind me because 
I always tell people I'm broke, and it's like, watch what you say because this, that, other. And I gotta say, okay, I'm, I'm not. But um, and then I, I think about like Murder Inc. They went on trial for for murder, you know. So it's like we certain artists, Tupac, you know, and it's like certain artists when they put that out there, then you know they're dead. And it's like when like when the power said, words. yeah. So yeah, that 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 that's that's my very first memory from being a journalist that. Biggie Small, and I can't find a magazine. Mm. I can't find a magazine, and I'm gonna I, look I, for, it for you. I'm gonna make it my mission to find things because I collect things like that. But the, the magazine's one nut. I spoke. To, I, I literally just spoke to the editor in chief like not even six months ago. He's like, I don't know. I was like, you don't have a copy. I, I, I'm like, money. That that like like that that's like seals the deal of my career. And when I tell people, it's like, oh, how did you get started? Well, my first interview was with Biggie Small. <laughs> Your first interview, uh, uh, yeah. I was like, you know, and I'm 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 looking at it like, yeah, like I mean that's nothing, you know. So, but it, but it's a great start. But yeah, that 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 was like my 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 my. I'm waiting for my next big um. Oh, there's another big revelation. I, I interviewed Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. Black Enterprise was his very first cover. Wow. He never did a cover issue. And he told me, he told me that I was like, what? I said, wait, all the things you've done over the years of breakfast, let's say he said, I've never done the cover. So I did Charlamagne the God's first cover interview. Nice. That's something That's I awesome. put under my belt as well. You have had such an amazing career. We have talked about so many things. Like I hope that our listeners had were taking notes. Like we'll have a replay, yeah, rewind yeah. it. <laughs> you really, you know, touched on a lot of things, and we thank you so much for like keeping thank it real, you. for like your your clarity. You know, we really, really like that. Um, I love having different kinds of um guests on the podcast from different kinds of backgrounds, and I think this was a super, super, super dope episode. And so we are at like the end of our episode. So I want to ask you one of my favorite questions that I like to ask our guests. And that is if you yourself could be on the cover or the headlines or of any media place, where would you be? And what would be the headline? This might sound sacrilegious. (laughs) The Bible. Everybody needs the Bible. The Bible's everywhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll accept that. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind, but uh, let me see. What would the headline be? I, I want to know that one. I'm not going to play with that because I I, I said that I just locked up to that. You just said that there were power in words. <laughs> All right. So your second choice. I'm just calling you. On the cover, um, Bill, it could be a billboard, it could be TV news, anything movie. You know what I would like? I would like to have, since I'm not, since I'm not performing anymore, I want to be, um, maybe I have an image of me or something about me at the Super Bowl. Nice. I don't think who's performing. Nice. The Super Bowl is the most watched um, event, like all over the world. Yeah, and everybody tunes into. People don't watch football. Tune into like the halftime show. I want like 
Just my picture. I don't even have to say you just my picture. The so, bitch said. That's it. You don't have to say anything for our audience. Just just my picture and the industry code sounded like I said big set. That's what I said of the industry code sound. We can make that happen because words are power. <laughs> words are power. <laughs> and then last but not least, we want to thank you so much for coming here. Tell everybody besides uh the Jumbotron at the Super Bowl where they can find Big Sad. <laughs> oh, my site, the industry cosign, um, T H E I N well, the industry cosign.com. Every social media, just look up Big Sad. Um, there's a variation be the Big Sad or Big Sad 328, if somebody stole my name first. And I mean that's just about it. Um, yeah, the industry cosign, Instagram, Big Sad 328, Facebook, um, Cedric Thornton. Yeah, I'm easy. It, 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 every single you can get in touch with me, you're lying. I'm easy, you know. Thank you so much for being our guest. We really appreciate having you here and you blessing. I want to be great. Let's rephrase it. I want to be great. I'm going to be greater. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Big Sad. Thank you. I'll take it easy. Thanks. Okay, are you still there? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm still there. It's okay. It's fine. No, you're good. I have to uh, I have to go pick up my son. So Yeah, I got a doctor's appointment in. Ooh, <laughs> only two minutes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank okay. you so much. We'll regroup. Do you have some time to regroup and chit-chat about the rest of the week, like later or tomorrow? Uh, in the morning. Okay. If, yeah, if you can call me or, you know, like 10 or so in the morning. Okay, that'll work. Okay, all right. This was an interesting one. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs>